This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum on OARFM, a show for people living with MS, their whānau, family and supporters. Our radio star for this week is Andrew, who's manager of Dunedin Budget Advisory Service. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Well done. Yay. So, uh, otherwise, otherwise known as DBAS. DBAS, yes. So, or people just say budget advice, like if I'm talking to them. Um, so, potentially, we could be on holiday when you when we go to air. Um, actually, we so. will be on holiday when we go to air because it's <laughs> <laughs> we will be. So, last year we had a chat around the festive season, things that have changed a bit in the world since then. Um, well, to do with lots of people's finances, really, haven't they? Yes, yes. Um, and I can remember this time last year, Valerie, we were thinking about, oh, we can't wait for 2020 to be over. So <laughs> bring on 2021 and we can get back to normality. And but look at the year that 2021's been. No such thing as normal is there anymore. It's, no. it's changed quite a lot. And I know I noticed recently that um, the Ministry of Social Development, I was quite shocked when this came out, has now increased their rates for people who um, are working yes. so that they can get help while they're working. So according to them, I currently, who work full-time, need help to pay. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I yeah. hit the criteria, and I'm like, wow. So that it, I think that's in a response to the incredible change in rental prices. Yeah, that, that's been huge this year. It's, it just seems, I mean, it's outrageous what people are, uh, are charging, and I, I get that the government is trying to help people by increasing those rates, like the... It, the fact, I don't think you should be working full-time and have to ask the government for help to pay your accommodation, though. Well, unfortunately, that's capitalism, isn't it? So, Well, I have some issues well, with it. I quite like it most of the time. Well, I guess the rental market is driven by... Um, Demand. It's, it, it's a commercial thing, and people are, are looking to make a profit, and... Mm. Um, if there's an opportunity to make profit, then people will. And unfortunately, people that are um, on lower incomes often struggle to keep up. Yeah, I, I did see in the paper a couple of weeks ago also that there's going to be new student student accommodation in Anzac Ave, they're building, um, which are going to house quite a lot of students. And that may take the pressure off some of the houses in, South, in North Dunedin because there's... Apparently, uh, landlords are selling houses in North Dunedin so they don't have to uh, put the new health requirements in for our homes, like right. the heating yeah. and the you know keeping people safe in their own homes, really, so that the, yeah. more people are buying those old rentals and doing them up because it's, because the landlords don't want to because of the cost and that. So it's it's going to be ongoing for a long time. It, our housing crisis will not be fixed by the time this goes out to ear. One would think. Yeah, and I, I think with the recent changes with um, changes to the Resource Management Act, mm. so uh, property owners can it's it's easier to put another dwelling or like 
squeeze two dwellings onto to one section. Yeah, and so, that, that also goes with the new building consents, doesn't it? A, a below, is it 30 square metres or something, you don't need a building consent. So potentially you could have a property with a few tiny homes. Yeah, and so it's, places are getting sold or the tenants have been asked to move out so mm. that the, the property can be demolished and then more property squeezed onto the section. Are you finding that in your work that that's actually is what happening? What is happening? I've, I've um, definitely heard of that happening. It's, um, I guess it's painful at the moment, but mm. on the flip side of that, it's uh, very positive to see more properties being built in yep. Dunedin, which is, uh, I think, going to help with the problem. Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple in around South Dunedin. There's a couple of those new building investment building properties where they're putting um, like six two up two down houses on properties where there was one three bedroom, house bedroom. So that yeah. that may alleviate some of the problem, but it will only, as always, alleviate for the for the upper middle class, not the not the lower middle class and the, and the lower on the socioeconomic scale, which are you know, we have the working poor, which I think we've potentially had for a while, actually. Well, we have the working poor, and we have, as you said at the beginning, Valerie, it just doesn't seem right that um, people are needing support from the government just for the basics. So things like the accommodation supplement, yeah, working for families. Which is increasing, but not potentially yes. hugely. But also the fact that prior to Christmas... All of our food banks had run out well before Christmas. So the demand for them, and I know I hear of more working people who are needing to apply for those just to get by. So it is, I mean, your service then is prime to be helping people out. And I have, I I came to you last year, and I'm very open about that because I think the more people that come to you for, for, to you guys for the help, the better. Yes. I'm glad you're happy to talk about it. I know, because, you know, things change for us financially all the time. And whether there's there's more going out or there's more coming in or your child costs you more, which in my case is what the issue is, it's it's always useful to have a revision of where you're going and how your money is. Because it. Yeah, things always change, and it's good just to. you, You need to be controlling your money, not your money controlling you. Yeah, and I think particularly Christmas, which is a, I've told quite a lot of people to say that Santa Claus has had a pay cut, um, so that there's not so, there's not so much expectation because uh, when you've got a family and whether they're children or whether they you know your your kids are bigger and you want to have a nice thing, it seems to be a lot of pressure for one day, and huge um, pressure. It, and people do get themselves I don't know if I, I said last year, Valerie, but something I often think back to is if mm. you look back to your childhood, what can you remember about Christmas? And it often isn't the, the gifts that you were given. It's um, more likely to be who you were with or where you were. Yeah, so, and I'm a fan of experiences are better. Uh, experiences last longer than a, than a parcel, potentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Like, and I think because in Dunedin we're quite lucky and in in, in Otago we're quite lucky we have some great free stuff to do. And I think potentially people are a bit better at looking for free stuff to do with their families rather than going, 
we'll go to the mall for the day. Because I know that that whole, that push, like the push for um, Black Friday, which I think is ridiculous because we're not, we're not American. And that Singles Day, which irritates me on so many levels. Um, singles, I haven't heard of that one until, until 2021. No, it's a Chinese thing where they oh. celebrate all single people. And I'm like, go away. It just annoys me. Um, more so. Why do we need more? Yes, more sales. <laughs> well, are the they thing, sales? The sales that people always need to remember is that it's not about how much you save. It's actually about how much did you spend. Oh, yeah. So you need to talk well to my brother. To say, oh, I I bought a a cell phone and mm. it, I saved one hundred dollars. That's great, but how much did you spend? <laughs> we have a saying in our family that we got a good deal. Um, it would have been a better deal if you didn't spend any money, but you got a good deal. <laughs> you know, like my no, brother goes, oh, I, I saved seven hundred dollars. It's like, uh huh. <laughs> but you you do need to, um, of course, you need to spend money, and we need things like cell phones. And, but it, it is good, so, something good to remember. Just. Uh, just because it's on sale doesn't mean you should run out and buy it. No, and I'm a fan of the, um, which I'm teaching my son because I wasn't never very good at, the, at learning this. But, you know, if you want something, then you save for it. And then, yep. but but also on on the on the other hand of that is, if you've got savings and you're in dire financial trouble, use your savings. They're a buffer zone between you and. Um, Destitution is not the right word, yes. but it's the stress that comes along with that. And I've had that, chats that, to you about insurances and things too. That, that's why we need savings, Valerie. That's, um, yes, it's good to save for things that we want, but it's also good to save for unexpected things happening. Mm-hmm. And over the last couple of years, we have really learnt um, why that is so important. Like, mm-hmm. that, often doesn't take much to um, upset the apple cart and if you do have some money behind you and the figures are actually quite scary but the recommendations are to have between three and six months of income saved which is a huge amount in case you lose hours at work or you lose your job um, which doesn't take much in well, if, if you're living on a knife edge, yeah. it, it can be um, hugely catastrophic. It's that there's that whole thing around having that emergency fund of a thousand dollars. I think every time I get anywhere near that, something happens. <laughs> but I know, I know that um, what I'm talking about is for many people, mm. saving like that is just it's not reality. It's um, and it's unfair to probably even talk about things like that but I guess those those are recommendations but living on a low income raising a family mm. high rent that very hard to keep on top of things it is really hard and I mean even if even if you could save a dollar a week which sounds like not very much but having lived on a benefit is actually a lot yeah. You know, if you can do a dollar a week, so, you know, you have 50 bucks at the end of the year for extra for your Christmas. That's a lot. And I'm I'm not, there's the whole afterpay thing, which I still haven't got my head around. Um, 
for Hot topic at the moment. Is it? <laughs> wow. You know, after Christmas and everybody goes, oh, after pay. And I'm like, is that not just saving it and buying it when you've got the money? <laughs> uh, yeah. After pay is a, it seems quite simple, but it's a very easy track. It, mm. it can be, it's a little bit like a, a credit card. So if you're in control and you're using the credit card um, sensibly, yeah. so you use the credit card and then you pay the, the bill in full at the end of the month. Before you get pinged by all that interest, yeah? Not a problem. Yeah. After, after pays a little bit um, similar to that in that you can buy buy something now, walk away with the, the goods or get the haircut or whatever it is and then pay for it later. And it's interest-free if you make all the payments mm. as you're meant to, which is great. Um, the difficulty starts to arise where you're relying on afterpay constantly because you've entered into a, a cycle. Ah, uh, right. So you've you've used the afterpay to get your hair cut and then the following week you need to take your cat to the vet and mm. because you have to pay afterpay, you can't afford the vet bill, so then you pay the vet bill with afterpay. And then it's just a vicious cycle, yeah? And then it, you just start to get into the cycle. And the fact that there's several different um, – what, what, it's what we call buy now, pay later. Yeah. So that's, that's what we refer to it as. There's several different um, providers, mm-hmm. and they're, they're not checking with each other. So what we, at, at um, Dunedin Budget Advisory, what we see is often people with four or five different afterpay providers, oh. and they, they can be paying a couple of hundred dollars a week. <gasps> no way! So, oh, yeah. And because it, it's such a, a vicious cycle, you, you end up, you don't know what money's coming out when or how much. Or, oh, no. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, yeah, big problem. And the, the, I know you've got a question a bit later on about the um, Credit Contracts and Consumer mm. Finance Act, but the way Afterpay works is currently it, it doesn't fall under that legislation. So, oh, right. Uh, so it's snuck under without having the any security for clients, really. Well, it's the big one is it's snuck under, and the the people providing the service have absolutely no legal obligation to check whether uh, consumers can afford the repayments. So, they they can just issue the 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 product, the card, yeah. and. Um, they, they don't have to do any checks. They might do some internal checks, such as, um, are you already owe us $1,000 so we don't think you can top up anymore for, until you pay that down a wee bit? But that's not taking into account the other providers. <laughs> so, so people could potentially get themselves into quite a lot of financial poo, really, couldn't they? It, it's the new... Um, 
hot issue for my sector. Um, but very pleasingly, the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment mm -hmm. has been um, asked to look into the area of buy now, pay later. Oh, cool. And, um, I'm actually just working on a, um, a submission about that very thing. You're very good at doing the submissions. It's really good that you that you do the advocacy role as well. Like it's, I don't, I don't think people realise how important that part of your role actually is, because you submit to the government on different things and you got to comment on the Credit Contract and Consumer Finance Act, um, yeah. and things like it's that. A, it's a great it's thing. More about it's more about being the the um, fence at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom. Yeah. So. Trying, trying to make sure um, that there's um, safe products and that they're responsibly managed for consumers. Is, and by products, you mean? I, I guess financial products. Yeah. So things like credit cards, loans, afterpay. It's, um, it's all bad. Payday loans. Payday loans, not my favourite. Well, let, following on from our work over the last couple of years, mm. the the payday loan market has almost dried up. Yay! It's it's not commercially viable anymore. So the the operators have either left or um, morphed into providing different sorts of loans. There's um there's a particular company that um. That advertises it quite. I'm I'm seeing the advertising quite a lot at the minute, um, yeah. and it irritates me greatly because it's like, oh, you you can have this even if you haven't got the money. I'm like, no, you can't. No, you can't <laughs> have it because you'll get pinged by the interest later on. And they make things no. so. Oh, they look so lovely and fluffy and soft, and I'll have that. And then those things have actually got teeth, then people yeah. get stuck in. Yes, so that's a, a, another thing. So um, ad, advertising. Oh, advertising fees. Oh, um, what's that for? Advertising and fees, is that for used cars specifically? Um, so that, this is for the final part of the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act amendments. Right. Uh, well, when, when listeners listen to this, they will have come into force on the 1st of December nice. 2021, which, as we speak, is just around the corner. Mm. And there's a whole lot of new obligations on lenders um, with how they operate their business. And one of those areas is advertising, which is great. So... Basically, uh, lenders have an obligation to make sure that their material is not likely to be misleading, deceptive, or confusing for, for consumers. Right. Uh, there's certain practices that are going to be outlawed, so um, lenders will no longer be able to advertise things like no credit checks, guaranteed acceptance, Bankrupt, okay. <gasps> Bad credit history, okay. Oh, and that's all indicating that those that people don't haven't been able to manage those things financially, and well, then put themselves they're, in they're more more likely, estate. 
likely to already be in financial difficulty uh, before they even take out the loan. So it's quite unethical, it, isn't it? it? Advertising in that way is really irresponsible, mm. and it is going to be outlawed. So if you ever see any of it around, Valerie, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, they just all make me quite grumpy. Um, now, you have chosen Red Red Wine by UB40 for your musical choice. Would you like to tell I us have. why? Why? Um, I have always really liked UB40, and um, the thing about UB40 is it always reminds me of summer yes. and music festivals. So mm. I thought... The middle of January is a great time to listen to some UB40. It is indeed. So fine. 
love you till I die, and that's no lie. Red, red wine can't get you off my mind. Wherever you may be, I'll surely find. I'll surely find. Make no fuss, just That was UB40 Red Red Wine. Andrew from Dunedin Budget Advice's Summer Song. So it was a lovely piece. Thank you, Andrew. Many happy memories. So in 2020, you got to comment on the Credit, Contract and Consumer Finance Act. And then also upcoming is the Commerce Commission review on supermarkets. What's that going to do, Andrew? Oh, you've got some good... <laughs> good... Weighty topics today. Ah, we may have to do two shows. Oh. So, in, in a nutshell, um, the, the review into the grocery sector has mm. um, been conducted by the Commerce Commission right. to investigate whether the grocery market is working well in New Zealand for um, consumers and mm. also for um, suppliers right. of supermarkets because there has been a lot of issues reported. Um, we often hear complaints about supermarkets and some of the areas that the Commerce Commission are looking at is whether the market is working well um, and the fact that there's two major um, yeah. chains Only operating two. in so in New Zealand, we essentially have a duopoly, mm. which means there's not a lot of competition. Um, so they're, they're looking into that. They're looking into the fact that um, supermarket chains essentially control the supply to the market because they have, nowadays, they have a lot of their own brands. So they're, yeah. they're so producing... Like- yeah, the product, yep, they're um, manufacturing it, they're distributing it. Right. They, they can decide where they put it on the shelves. They decide how much they um, want to price it at. Mm. Um, so they have a lot of control. Yeah, that, I'm thinking that because there's, there have been lots of studies done about where product placement and where things product are in the placement. supermarket, like at the end of aisles, at the start of aisles. There's a whole... Um, swathe of, of work around uh, consumer consumption which I'm a geek about so it's quite I quite like it but it sounds so, like so, some some of the power that's been I guess alleged that mm. supermarkets have is that they can so say um, Valerie makes I don't know tomato sauce peanut peanut butter oh peanut butter right so Valerie wants um, the supermarket to sell her peanut butter so the supermarket says, we will give you X amount of dollars for your peanut butter mm. if you um, don't let us buy it for that much. Either we won't sell it or we might put it in a really obscure place on the shelf where people won't mm. see it. That's quite sneaky, isn't it? Or possibly what we'll do is... 
um, it will be on sale all the time. So therefore, our margin is going to be less. So we will give you, Valerie, less for your peanut butter. So there's uh, things like that that can happen. Mm. There's other issues with supermarkets that have been looked at is um, a thing called land banking. I don't know if you've heard of land yeah, banking. Yeah, so is that... So, so that's basically commercial a, land land banking in this instance. Yeah. So it's so a, a supermarket chain buying, um, I guess, real estate, commercial real estate yeah. that could um, be used by a competitor to keep right. that competitor out of their market. Right, because I'm just thinking that in Clutha at the moment there's a huge swathe where the new countdown's going and there's only ever been New World and Four Square down there. So having a massive countdown is going gonna, is gonna to change that monopoly for New World, actually. Oh, definitely. Um, and it yep. is a really big area, a really big chunk of real estate when you come into Clutha over the bridge. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Clutha with um, a little bit more competition. Yeah, because I think a, a few people, because it's only an hour away, really, so they come up here to go to Pack and Save. Right. But right. if these if these competition is always healthy in the capitalist market. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> hey, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's some, well, when it's not a duopoly like that, because, yeah. you know, it's as bad as a monopoly, isn't it? Really, for our food, unless you're, um, although then we have the stuff that we can't send out at the minute because of COVID, so we're getting more New Zealand produce perhaps on the, in the supermarkets than we would have. Yes. Right, Andrew, I think we are just about winding up, so I've been told, by the lovely Dormy. So many thanks for coming along and giving us some advice and having a chat about those commissions and credit and contract consumer finance act, which I think we could probably do a whole show on. You, you must be one of the only people I know, Valerie, that can say that. Because <laughs> I talk too much or because I credit, find it... Credit, contract and consumer finance act. I read it as I see it. A lot of people can't say <laughs> I know, it's like blah, blah. It's very... Well done. Too many Cs. Anyway, thanks. Thanks, Andrew. This has been MS Momentum for your listening pleasure on OAR FM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.